0: FS1 analyst Rick Bucher joins us here on the 72 Sold sports line. Rick, good morning. How are you?
1: I am doing well, gentlemen. How are we?
0: Uh, we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing pretty well. Uh, I think everybody's just settled in now for a really long wait, not just in Phoenix, but everywhere around the league, about what happens with Kevin Durant. I mean, what, what's your latest feeling on this? We were told it's going to take a while. What does a while sure. mean to, to you?
1: uh maybe into training camp uh certainly the the pressure of someone looking at their team and realizing that they're not going to meet whatever expectations that they may have and that the season's about to start and we need to do something maybe season season ticket sales aren't doing well whatever it might be like just the, there's no once you get past the whole Draft and the beginning of free agency, and nothing happens at that point. There's generally a, a cooling out period, and I think it's doubly so with Kevin uh, Kevin Durant as a result of some of the other things that have transpired out there, namely the Rudy Gobert deal, mm-hmm. where now the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if they would have felt the pressure to get as uh, to get you know four. First-round picks and two all-star players, but now they've they've there's the the pressure to get something more than the Utah Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Simply because everybody looks at Kevin Durant and says, "Well, that's the that that he has more value." Uh, the Brooklyn Nets front office is not doing its job; it is failing. If it doesn't find a way to get more than the Utah Jazz got for. Uh, for Rudy Gobert, and I'm kind of laughing because I don't know whether it's good or bad to have Danny Ainge back running the show someplace. <laughs> uh, you know, because Trader Trader Dan is like he he just mucks up the works. He put he puts out these outrageous things. Like now they want eight first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. It Just it makes the job kind of crazy for everybody else that Danny does some of the things that he does. On one hand, it's entertaining for us. On the other hand, it it makes it a little more difficult to do business. So I have mixed feelings about the fact that that Danny Ains is back in the game. Rick, the last time you joined us, you raised the ire of some Suns fans here. It was after Game 5 of the Western Conference semifinals, and you weren't digging the Suns act and how immature they were in the foul hunting and the trolling of Luka, and you were right on the money uh, because we saw what transpired in Games 6 and 7. Now, we've learned there have been reasons. There was a COVID-19 thing happening with the team. I was told it was Chris Paul. There was drama in Devin Booker's personal life. There was drama between DeAndre Ayton and and Monty Williams. All of that being said, knowing what you know about the game, if you were the Suns, do you feel comfortable running it back with this crew? What is the stigma attached to them after such a terrible performance in a home game seven? What is ahead of this group, given what they have just put on a basketball court? Well, it's really up to them. I mean, I think the comfort is I don't question the talent that the Phoenix Suns have. I don't question that they have the they have championship caliber talent. They have all the pieces that they need. They have size, they have toughness, they have defense, they have scoring. It's their temperament. It's the the I think the encouraging part is are they going to learn from what transpired? Is Devin Booker going to mature as a player? Or is he going to see, you know, every slight as something that has to be answered uh, and, and is going to get emotional about it? Uh, Chris Paul, can you find a way to, to, to temper his approach? DeAndre Ayton, can that motor run a little bit higher? Uh, but I, and you know, I think we had a, a, this subject on, on TV recently on Speak for Yourself, where it was, you know, are are the Phoenix Suns a threat to the Golden State Warriors now that they've re signed DeAndre Ayton? And I said, Absolutely they are. And I got a lot of you know, lash back from for that. Not from Phoenix Suns fans, I assume, <laughs> but from a lot of other people who are like you know, now they got they got beat by Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. How could they be a threat to the Golden State Warriors? Well first of all it all depends on who you see and when you see them. But one of my big reasons for believing that is because, look, you're you don't, you're not a 64-win team by accident. And unlike the Utah Jazz, who I think were built for being a great regular season team, the Phoenix Suns went to the finals. That, it's not by accident that they that they were able to do that. They have the wherewithal. My big question is, are they going to learn? From their mistakes and understand what it was that undermined them, and that I don't know, and and I don't know that we will know. I will be watching very closely during the regular season to see if there are indications. And I, I really, for as much as you talk about DeAndre or CP three or any of, to me it's Devin Booker. Uh, he, he is potentially the most talented guy on that team, but he has to understand what winning championships is all about and it's about maintaining a focus and intensity but not going on the emotional roller coaster that inevitably comes with playing because it takes too much of your energy and uh and it's a long road uh to, to to win a championship and so that's That's what I, that's what I want to see. And some guys look, some guys never learn that lesson. Some guys aren't capable of, of making a change. I've seen plenty of guys who I thought, like my whole thing was, I'd always imagine in my head, can I see this guy raising the championship trophy, knowing what I know about that guy? Can I see him raising it? And there are guys where Lamar Odom being one first comes to mind. Like, I was like, that guy's never winning the championship. He's just hes too much of a loose cannon. Lo and behold, ended up winning one with the Lakers. So I've learned that guys can change. They can adapt. And I'm hoping that for Devin Booker. But make no mistake that has to happen if the Suns are going to win a championship.
0: Rick Buecher, our guest here on the 72 Sold Line. When you look at the West, I think you're asking the the pertinent question about the Suns because it looks like they're poised to run it back, Rick, and that is, have they learned? The other question you can ask is have they improved enough personnel-wise if they do run it back to keep pace in the West? When you look at the Western Conference, I look at it in two groups. I think there's nine teams that are good, and I think there's six teams that are either bad, rebuilding, or on their way up. But in, In the Western Conference, is there a Team that stands out to you that has helped them help themselves more than than the other teams in the West to this point of the offseason?
1: I really can't say that. I, that's what makes that's going to make next season so interesting is that I haven't seen any definitive uh, additions that change my view of, of of what a team is. But we have a lot of unanswered questions, yeah. like the Los Angeles Clippers. If they're healthy, what could they be? I mean, that's a scary team. I I could argue that if healthy, they're the most talented team in the Western Conference. And Golden State Warriors fans are going to get all hot and bothered about that. But I'm I'm talking about on paper. They still have a lot to prove. Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, have to go through sort of the same, similar maturation process that the Phoenix Suns have to. Uh, The Phoenix Suns, are they going to learn from – From their lessons. Uh, so I would slip it and say, you know, the Dallas Mavericks losing Jalen Brunson.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, That's going to hurt them. Um, the Utah Jazz, um, obviously in a rebuilding situation. So I, it, 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 it's not that anybody has improved. I just, there's a lot of teams that I am, that need to improve but have sort of kept the status quo. And I'm more inclined to go with teams that have shown that they have a certain ability, particularly in the postseason, and now it's a matter can they can they go through that same learning curve that the Golden State Warriors went from, you know um upsetting the Denver Nuggets, playing the San Antonio Spurs tough and then continuing to build and grow and understand what it takes to win—that's what I'm going to find. That, that's what I find really interesting about next season, and can't wait to find out what happens.
0: Yeah, Rick, thanks so much for uh, carving out some time for us this morning. We appreciate it. Always yeah, great, great stuff. Stuff is always man.